Welcome back to Yeah, that can't be good. A rewatch podcast of the sci-fi original series Eureka. Let's get going. Hey, it's Doug with the TV Guide Synopsis, Season 4, Episode 15, Omega Girls. Lupo tries to explain to Zoe what happened with Zane, but the ladies find a bigger problem in town. Original air date, August 22nd, 2011. Creators Jamie Paglia and Andrew Cosby, written by Eric Touchman and Paula Yu, and directed by Michael Robinson. Astraeus Mission Update! Phase two of the Astraeus mission wraps up with our candidates surpassing even the highest of physical standards. The selection process continues. On to phase three, psychological analysis. And thanks to all Eureka residents for making the Planetary Protection Protocol inoculation a huge success. You can never be too careful because who knows what new discoveries await us on Titan. The clock is set. Time marches on. Titan, here we come. Hi, we're back for season four, episode 15, Omega Girls. I'm here with my co-host, Doug Gramley. Hey, what's up? Not much. What's up with you? Not much. <laughs> so we open this episode with creepy Allison talking to her mother. Apparently she sent Kevin and Jenna to visit her. It's very convenient. Yeah. The whole scene was just very weird. She takes off her nightgown and it's like this whole dramatic thing where it's like slow motion. The nightgown is falling and then she goes into the closet and she's not happy with anything she sees. And she picks out a dress that I'm assuming you need two hands to put this dress on. (laughs) I thought the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. And the entire time she's still talking to her mother. Right. Why didn't she put her on speaker? I mean, not only does she have a creepy way of speaking. Yeah. The whole scene was weird. I'm sure it was to emphasize to us that it wasn't Allison. That it wasn't really her, yeah. right. But that creepy way she has of talking was bothering me until I realized, you know, after a while you get used to it and you realize she's doing Beverly perfectly. Yeah. You know, it's kind of impressive how well she's doing her. So Carter runs into Allison on the street and mentions that they've been out of sync. Today's the day she temporarily takes over GD. Jack doesn't seem convinced that everything is really okay. There's the headaches and the fact that the pals said she was a security risk. Well, she also calls him Carter. Yes, she does. And that kind of like threw him back a little bit because she probably hasn't called him that in in a long time. Right. And then they had that whole big thing about, oh, you called me Jack. Yeah. He was getting defensive about her calling him Carter when she called him Jack. Yeah. Yeah, So that's definitely a thing. Yeah. Zane comes up and says he heard that Zoe was coming home for a bit. And Carter says he sent Joe to pick her up. Zane tells Jack that it was a bad idea to send Joe to pick up Zoe. Yep. Because Zoe's heard about Joe and Zane. I heard Zoe's come back into town for a visit. Yeah, it's a bit unexpected, but Joe's picking her up. What? Uh, that's, that's not good. Oh, what, what have you done now? Nothing. But from what Pilar says, I don't think we're two favorite people right now. So at this point, wouldn't you think maybe he would call Joe and tell her what she's walking into? Yeah, but that <laughs> she's preoccupied with what's going on with I, Allison. I guess. I think the more angry Zoe can get at Zane, probably the better off. Oh, for him. Oh, yeah, definitely. Joe goes to the airport, and Zoe, you could see, is not happy to see Joe, and she's a little snarky. Joe doesn't get it. Well, I think she does get it right away, but she doesn't get why. Yeah. She knows something's up. Carter asks Henry to call the hospital where Allison was checked out after the accident. He finds out they have no record of her or any accident on that day. Carter mentions that she was so worried about what was wrong with her that she scanned herself. They call Zane to hack Allison's medical files at GD to get the results of the scan. She's not in her lab because she's taking over Fargo's job, so Zane plants a virus so the people in the lab will call him to fix it. 
and that will get him into the lab to access the records. Carter asks Henry for his MRI scanning thing and goes to take a look at the accident site. Fargo seems apprehensive about giving up his position, even temporarily, even though it was his idea. But Senator Wynn pushes him along. There's like this big secrecy, right? Yeah. You have to, each person's supposed to have their own code. Yeah. Everybody in that room is staring at Allison as she's putting in her new code. I know, and that's exactly what we said, except the last time there was even more people, when Allison took over from Nathan. Yeah. Remember, it, it looked like it was a whole delegation of people standing around. Right, watching. everybody's watching this. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> I know. I know, it's ridiculous. Allison runs into Jack in the lobby. He doesn't tell her where he's going. She seems to have a headache, but decides to kiss Carter to distract him so he doesn't question her about it anymore. That's probably her fatal mistake. Carter knows something's wrong. This is when we see it's Beverly. I liked how they did that, how they kept flashing from her to Beverly, so... Yeah. There was no question that it was her. Right. At Henry, Zane points out that he's excluded from the mission because of his felonies, but they keep asking him to break the law. At, right. at GD, but he really doesn't have a problem with it. He takes this opportunity to ask Henry how Grace reacted after the time shift. He tells him that she did not react well. It's been a process of getting to know each other. She again, me for the first time. See, why can't Lupo be like that? I mean, it's not like I want to dive into a relationship or anything. Honestly, waking up married next to a stranger is my worst nightmare. That's not how I meant that. <laughs> That's okay. It's just I can't help but feel a little bit insulted. I'm not just some piece of meat. I have feelings. Well, it's a um, unique situation. Um, You can't force it. You just have to give it time. In the car, Joe tries to make conversation with Zoe and asks if she's met Mr. Wright yet. Zoe says she thought she had, but Joe slept with him. Oops. Now, Mr. Wright? I think that's... That was just her way of bringing it up? Yeah. I don't... I mean, kind of immature for her to think that Zane was Mr. Wright. I don't it, think she really meant it like that. I couldn't tell because Zoe is sometimes immature. Yeah. Zane, a few episodes back when Fargo was confronting him, said that it's just a crush. So I never thought it wasn't all that serious. So Joe tries to explain that it started long before Zoe was ever interested in him, but it gets confusing because she can't talk about the time travel. Right. What happened with Zane started long before you were ever interested. Uh, but you two hate each other. It's complicated. Then why didn't you say anything when I told you I liked him? Because it was over then. It, things took a really, really drastic turn with us. Why? I can't say. You can't or you won't. So Zoe doesn't understand any of it. Jack arrives at the accident site and he calls Henry and Zane and tells them the highway patrol doesn't even have a report of an accident. And he doesn't see any evidence of an accident at all. Henry and Zane are still analyzing, but they can tell that something did happen to Allison's brain. They don't know what yet. Fargo stops in to pick up his bobblehead and cup in his office and tells Allison that's a change to the the decor. But Allison tells him she's updating security and sent Andy out for an upgrade as well. Fargo offers to help her if she needs it. So I guess she sent Andy out if she had to go to Plan B. He wouldn't be affected. Right. Would, yeah. Carter meets Henry and Zane in the lab, and they show him what they think might be technology in her brain. They said it's like a BMI, brain-to-machine interface, but this is a BBI, brain-to-brain interface, meaning somebody else could be controlling her. Right. 
Carter figures out that whoever hacked Allison's brain probably did it because she just became head of Global Dynamics. So he runs off. We see him next at the sheriff's office with a table set for lunch. Allison comes in because he texted her and said it was urgent. He tells her that he just wanted to spend some time with her, but she says she doesn't have time. Carter pushes her into the cell and demands to know where Allison is. So she stops denying that she's not Allison when Jack tells her that he's seen the brain scans. But I don't think he knows it's Beverly. No, I don't, I don't think he, he knows that it's her. Beverly presses some button that she calls Plan B and she zaps him and the town. When she walks out of the cell, she's walking past everyone who's passed out or dead for all we know at this point. What would she have done if she, couldn't if she hit the button and Carter wasn't close to the cell? <laughs> I thought of that too. If he had fallen and he was just out of reach or he didn't have the keys on him. I know. The keys were on the desk or something. I thought of that too as soon as she hit the button. I was like, how is she I mean, going to get out of here? She didn't have any way of communicating with anybody, right? I don't think so. I'm not sure. Time. I don't think so. Well, actually, yes. She probably did because that woman, she's laying in a lab. Although we didn't know that. She's laying. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she's got the. uh, So she might have been able to communicate, but still, she'd been stuck in there for a while until somebody came for her. Allison Beverly gets back to GD and talks to someone, that woman, I guess, while activating isolation protocols. This cuts Eureka off from the rest of the world. They have to hurry because Beverly is concerned that she'll be trapped inside Allison forever. Zoe and Joe are still arguing in the car, and Joe is still having a hard time explaining herself without giving away the time travel secret. You stabbed me in the back. I would never. When you told me about this great new guy that you liked, if I had known that it was him, I I never would have encouraged you. Even after you found out, you continued to see him. Uh, No, because we weren't together then. You just said it's been years. Which is it, Joe? Both. On and off. It's hard to explain. You know, time is, is a tricky thing. You started up again after you found out I was interested in him? This isn't making me look any better, is it? No, not so much. Okay, look, Zoe, you have to believe me. Joe, stop. Okay, no, not until you... Not until you... (laughs) They arrive in town to to find people on the ground. Zoe checks a few to find that they're still alive. She's worried about her father. Joe discovers her phone is dead. And she knows this is deliberate because GD's on their own cell phone frequency. They find Carter in the sheriff's office. Zoe wants to do blood work, and Joe remembers that Allison inoculated everyone in town except her. Now, why would everybody have to get inoculated? The way I understood it, first of all, when they started inoculations, they hadn't picked the crew yet. Even when they picked the crew, the crew is going to be around the other people in town. It kind of doesn't make sense. I have to imagine because they didn't know who the crew was going to be yet. Because if the crew's around other people in town, they could catch a pathogen from somebody else and carry it to Titan. Which kind of doesn't make sense because if they have the crew picked, then they should only have to inoculate the crew. Because if they're inoculated, they're not going to pick up a pathogen, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So that kind of doesn't make sense why it has to be the whole town. But Joe's the only one who wasn't inoculated because she doesn't like needles. And she, she didn't go yet. Well, actually, they did pick the crew, so it doesn't make sense why the whole town needs to be inoculated. Because in the last episode... Oh, yeah, they had the B-Squad and the They were training, so even if that's not the last to final picks, at least they could just do those people, right? Unless maybe Allison, or not Allison, Beverly, through Allison, made the entire town get inoculated. Yeah, maybe. That could be... That was part of the plan. Maybe that's all Plan B. That's what Plan B was. Had to have been, because that's how they got the nano things inside everybody so i had to that 
what happened. Yeah. It doesn't make sense why the whole town would have to, but yeah, you're right. They probably made Allison make it mandatory for some reason. They take Carter's walkie-talkies and head to GD, and they notice a helicopter in the air. They get to GD to find that Allison activated protocols. Joe leaves Zoe to come up with an antidote and figure out what was in the shots while Joe goes to find Allison. Allison and her two goons, I'm going to call her Beverly from now on, I think, because it's kind of confusing. Beverly and her two goons go to Section 5. She tries to get into the master computer, but she says that the real Allison is fighting her, so she can't come up with the correct password. They head to Section 3 to the laser lab, because they plan to laser in. Yeah. Something is not right. Without Blake's passcode, we may as well pack and go. okay. I think Allison's fighting me, but there's another way. We just need to get to Section 3. What's in there? A laser lab. We're going to need a bigger key. So meanwhile, Zoe's in the medical lab and sees the computer with Allison's brain scan. Joe runs into Allison. Allison zaps Joe and knocks her out. Joe wakes up in her own holding cell. Beverly and her henchmen are cutting through the door. Beverly doesn't have much time left in Allison's body. I guess they're planning to tap into GD's data stream and send it to their headquarters or office or wherever. Zoe tried to contact Joe, but Beverly has her walkie-talkie. Until then, Beverly didn't know that anyone else was in the building. Zoe was still around, yeah. She tries to bluff with Zoe, but Zoe knows exactly who it is. Hey, Allison, can I talk to Joe? Hang on. I'm almost to the office. Oh, no, she's unconscious like all the others. Whatever's causing this must be spreading. It's just you and me now, Zoe. We have to help each other. Okay. Just tell me one thing. Anything. When is Jenna's birthday? What? date your daughter was born? You always were a clever girl. Primary narcissist, serious daddy issues, but clever. And you sound just like my old shrink. Beverly sends one of her men after Zoe. So Zoe leaves the infirmary and Beverly seals section three. Zoe makes it out, sliding under one of the doors before it seals. Beverly's men continue to search for Zoe. I don't know why, because they thought they sealed her in section three. Did they just focused on getting this stuff, they probably would have been able to get out of there by now. Right, because when they sealed Section 3, they all looked at each other like, okay, we're all set, and still this guy's looking for her, and it doesn't make any sense. This guy comes across the emo, and while he's distracted by it, Zoe hits him over the head. Beverly and the other guy find their partner out cold, so Beverly sends the second guy to find Zoe, because she's done playing nice. (laughs) So the first guy was okay, but the second guy is... (laughs) I guess the second guy is when you're done playing nice. Yeah. (laughs) Zoe hides among the bodies laying in the lobby as Beverly makes it to the mainframe. Zoe thinks she's all clear when Beverly's guy doesn't find her, but he's standing right behind her when she gets up. But he doesn't know she has this stun gun from the first guy she knocked out. I'm assuming it's a stun gun, because I don't think they'd have her walking around killing people. Yeah. Zoe finds Joe, but won't let her out until she apologizes. She doesn't apologize. And she still lets her out. Yeah, it was kind of weird. She tells her she needs to figure out whether she loves Zane or not when this is all over. Joe goes after Beverly, and Zoe tells her that hurting Beverly will hurt Allison, too. Beverly activates the data stream. Allison is fighting with her, but she's able to get it started. And Zoe's trying to revive Carter. Joe hacks the security, so it looks like someone's trying to hack the system, which will cause the system to shut down so the data stream will stop running. Beverly decides to take the black box mirror drive since the download was interrupted. They didn't know how much of the files they were able to get. 
Zoe's afraid she's killing Carter. Joe talks to her and get, and she gets the idea that she should use the same procedure that Joe used to knock Beverly out of the system. She thinks she needs to trigger his natural brain functions instead of trying to shut down whatever's keeping him under. Right. Joe gets to the roof and confronts Beverly, who doesn't believe that Joe would shoot her either. And she doesn't shoot her, she tases her. I'm imagining that's a taser. I don't know what that was. It looked like yeah, a taser, was, right? Yeah, like a stun, a stun gun yeah. type thing. But then why wouldn't the guys in the helicopter try and get down and get the stuff they just took off? Why After that, why wouldn't Joe try and shoot the helicopter down so she could get the guys and figure out who's doing all this? Yeah, I have no idea. I think the very first time I watched it, I knew that she shot Beverly or Allison, whoever it was, but I wasn't even sure that, that they got the black box the first time. I was like, what the heck? She did nothing but shoot somebody and nothing else. Yeah. It turns out they did get the black box, but yeah, the helicopter takes off, the guys take off, and she doesn't even shoot at it once. And I'm assuming that they got some information, right? They downloaded some of it. Right. That's what they say later, that Henry doesn't know how much they got. Yeah. Obviously, GD got the black box back, but they don't know how much of this information they got from the stream before Joe was able to shut it down. Like we said, the helicopter takes off without the black box in Allison. Zoe gives Jack the shot to overdose his brain, to, to get his brain to wake up and fight whatever's affecting him. They flash back and forth to Joe trying to wake up Allison and Zoe trying to wake up Jack. Yep. Allison wakes up as Allison and Carter wakes up too. They use Zoe's treatment to wake up the rest of the town. Henry tells them they have the black box, so they still have all of the data, but they don't know how much information Beverly was able to pull before the data stream went down. Okay. Zoe tells Joe that she should go talk to Zane in the infirmary because Joe is feeling uncomfortable about going over to him because Zoe was standing there. Yeah. Zoe still doesn't understand why Joe did this, but she's willing to let it go. Zoe talks to Jack about how she doesn't understand what happened with Zane. Carter decides that he's going to tell her a story about Founder's Day. For some reason, I thought this happened later. I didn't really realize this happened in this episode. I knew that he eventually told Zoe about the whole time travel thing. Yeah, and I feel like had they just told her, she would be okay. Like, out of everybody, I think she would be fine with it. She's going to run off telling anybody. No, I don't think so either. But still, I guess fewer people who know the less chance there is to have somebody screw up. I'm glad he told her. I'm glad more people are getting to know now, even though yeah. they're not supposed to. I kind of felt bad that her and Joe were at odds. Yeah. It didn't feel right. So at least now she understands. And that's pretty much the end of the episode. So did we miss anything? I don't think so. I mean, it was a pretty quick, it seemed like a quick episode. Yeah, it did. I mean, there, there's really only, you know, once you get past like the first few minutes, there's only three people that are really involved. Right. Pretty easy one to, to follow. Yeah, it was my favorite episode. I, I don't really remember this one from the first time I watched. I remembered this one, but, well, obviously I've watched it a million times. But like I said, I didn't realize this was where he told Zoe. For some reason, I thought it was later. So I was kind of glad that this is the one he told Zoe because you just kind of wanted her to know. But yeah, otherwise, it was a quick episode, and really one thing was going on. There wasn't really a B-plot except for the drama between Zoe and Joe. Yeah, usually like the B-plot isn't directly involved with the main characters right. in the episode, whereas this one, they were the main characters. I mean, they were the focal points. It was all, all one thing. Yeah. 
I can't think of anything else that we didn't talk about. So we'll be back next week with episode, what is this, 14? This is 15. This is 15 already? Okay, we'll be back next week with episode 16. See you later. Sounds good. Okay, bye. Bye. You okay? I don't understand what happened with Zane. Things changed between us. I just wish I knew why. Come on. There's something I've wanted to tell you. I think now's the right time. It happened on Founders Day. Hey DC, tell us what's next. Join us next time for season 4, episode 60 of Mites and Man. Bye now. So long. Bye. Bye. Please remember to follow us on our Facebook page. Yeah, that can't be good. At facebook.com backslash Eureka Rewatch. Or on Twitter at Eureka Rewatch. Links to information discussed during our podcasts will be added to our website at EurekaRewatch.com. You can also listen to our podcast on Podbean. If you'd like to send us an email, please email us at EurekaRewatch at gmail. We would love to hear from you. And we're now also available on Google Play.